Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference. and welcome to another episode of the show about science. This is your host, Nate. And on today's episode, we are going to be here with the Kings of Pain, Adam Thorne and Caveman Rob Oliva, who are going to be showing us the science behind their show, Kings of Pain. Prepare to be stung by an amazing episode. Hello, welcome to the show about science. Hello. Thanks for having us. Of course. I'm really excited to have you on the show. So could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Uh, my name is Robert. Uh, I go by a caveman on the show because that is my social media handle. And I'm a professional animal handler. And for the last few years with Adam, I have been a human guinea pig. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'm Adam. I'm also a human guinea pig, <laughs> but um, I'm a wildlife biologist as well. And yeah, I've been working with animals my entire life and also getting bitten and stung by them. So I've got to ask, I'm just really curious. How did you two meet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got uh, flown to Los Angeles to basically discuss a show. Uh, I didn't really have any idea about it but when I got to LA caveman was there and we had a chat and we talked to the producers and they told us about the pain index and said how do you feel about uh, creating a pain index uh, that kind of expands on Justin Schmitz and caveman has been getting himself bitten and stung by animals uh, he was doing it in the past on YouTube and things like that for years and years and years. But my bites and stings just came accidentally from working with animals. And obviously, Rob took a lot of accidental bites and stings as well. So we're kind of like the perfect match because we both had some weird curiosity uh, about bites and stings and what they feel like. I mean, I look at an animal and I always think, what does that feel like if it bites or stings? So we were kind of like a match made in heaven because we both had that kind of weird interest in bites and stings. So it was a great opportunity for both of us. And we got along immediately. We were basically like best mates. Yep. Can't relate to that morbid curiosity, but <laughs> I mean, it's for science. Yep, for science. And so that's how you two became the kings of pain. Well, yeah, we're the guys that uh, get bitten and stung by stuff <laughs> and then rated on a paid index. 
1983, entomologist Dr. Justin Schmidt began ranking stinging insects on a scale from one to four. He put himself in harm's way for science. Now, Adam Thorne and caveman Rob Oliva are taking Schmidt's index further. It's ready to go. Do you want to get bit? Adding venomous bites. Let go! And more deadly creatures. Hey, come oh, My hippo just hit the boat! Ranking them on a 30-point scale with new categories. That is the worst I've ever had. Intensity. Oh. Duration. It's getting worse. And damage. Okay, so can you tell us about Dr. Schmidt and his pain index? Uh, yeah, Dr. Schmidt was an entomologist, and in the course of his work uh, studying insects around the world, he was stung by, I think, around 78 different species of Hymenoptera. So mm -hmm. that's ants, wasps, bees, all the things you typically think about when you think of a stinging insect. And he's like, you know what? I'm getting stung by all these things. Some really hurt. Some don't hurt that bad. Why don't I create a pain index? And so he did based on how intense the pain was. So for reference, a honeybee would be about a two, sort of a middle of the road. Most of us have been stung by a honeybee. It hurts, but it's not the end of the world. Whereas something like a sweat bee, which you barely feel would be, I think, a half point or a one. Mm. And then there's things at the top of the list, like the tarantula hawk wasp, mm. that is a four. It's a perfect four out of four and is really intense pain. And so you've been, as you said, expanding that pain index. And so you've been adding new animals to the list and revisiting some of the ones that uh, Dr. Schmidt had exposed himself to. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, the kinds of animals you've put on your pain index? Like some highlights? Yeah, well, uh, we decided you know, why stop at uh, bees, wasps, and ants? Let's expand it to, uh, you know, vertebrates, animals with backbones and all sorts of different animals and also uh, expand the index itself. Uh, so Justin Schmidt only rated intensity. We put intensity, duration, and damage and rate each category out of 10 for a total of 30. And uh, some of the highlights, oh, wow, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, definitely the one that stands out is the 16-foot reticulated python. But at the end of the day, everyone would expect that to hurt. It's a large snake with a lot of long teeth. Yeah. But we got a lot of surprises, um, especially in season two. Um, the horrid king assassin bug was absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It, it made everything almost seem pleasant. After that thing bit us. I hope you don't mean mind-blowing in a literal sense of the word, but... <laughs> so, you did a lot of crazy things in season one. So, like, you got bitten by things like... The one that really stood out to me was the Rove Beetle, uh, which it gave you, like, permanent scarring and, like, melted your flesh off. So, after getting bitten by all these things... What on earth made you decide to do a season two? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Adam and I are gluttons for punishment. 
Um, But despite all the pain and what our bodies went through, we had a great time together, uh, working together in season one. We got to travel to cool places in the world. We got to see so many cool animals that when they said they wanted to do a season two of history, we didn't really need to think a second thought about doing it because we had such a good time. We learned, we learned so much, but what we're doing differently this time, instead of traveling, we have one location where we're filming everything. And if you remember Dr. Ben, who is the curly haired medic from season one, you see a lot more of him this season and he has a pain lab. So we go visit him in his pain lab and he gives us all the information about the venom of the animals Adam and I have chosen. So he kind of like lets us know how dangerous these things are. But because we're all in one location, all his medical gear is there, we know the route to the hospital, we're able to do more dangerous animals. And one that we wanted to do season one, and the doctor said no, history said no, it was too dangerous to do in the middle of the jungle, was an electric eel. Mm. Adam and I really wanted to do one. Because we are closer to a hospital this time, and we had the pain lab, they let us. So we got to get shocked by a four-foot-long electric eel. Okay, well, I'm going to have to watch that episode. But I've got to say, my definition of having a good time with a friend is definitely not getting shocked by electric eels together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a toxic, uh, it's a very toxic friendship we've got together. Every time we see each other we are in pain so every time i see caveman i just associate him with with pain like okay what are we going to be injured by this time you know i like hanging out with you but uh every time we do it's never a pleasant experience (laughs) (laughs) we're about to step into a world of pain so of all of your experiences what do you think really, like, shocked you the most, literally and figuratively? I want to hear both. Yeah, well, literally, definitely the electric eel. That thing, like, was unbelievable. It was one of the most powerfulest things we've ever experienced. And not in a pain way, just more of sheer power that this thing can uh, put out. It was amazing. But some of the things that really stood out were some of the smaller animals and you're like thinking to yourself how and why is this thing so painful um but there is a reason for it you know it it is small and it needs a larger predator to get away from it very quickly so it needs to pack a punch and what we've learned is smaller doesn't necessarily mean less painful like size really doesn't matter when it comes to a lot of these animals I cannot relate to any of this in any sort of way. I haven't even been stung by a bee before, and I'm scared of those things. So (laughs) I couldn't even imagine getting stung or bitten or whatever by any of these animals and just watching them. It's so... (sighs) Well, we get stung and bitten, so you don't have to. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I I, I do not want to. (laughs) And so... Because you've gotten stung by so many dangerous animals like bitten and stung and battered in a bunch of different ways, does that make the next stings worse in any way? I'm so glad you asked that. And you are the first person in any interview ever 
that instead of asking if we were getting immune, actually knew the dangers. So that's really cool that you knew that. Yes, uh, we are exposed to so many venoms and proteins that our body has a very high chance of developing allergies to those. I and I have a mutual friend who was allergic to cobras and then was bitten by what you and I would consider basically a harmless snake with just small amounts of venom in South America. And he was bitten by that and almost died. So the reason he was allergic to cobras was because I think he'd been bitten before. And also he kept spinning cobras as pets and that gets in the air and he breathes it in. So that could happen to us anytime, but thank God so far, we don't seem to have any sensitivities to any of the animals that we've been bitten and stung by so far. Yeah, we, we've been lucky. And I hate to give any spoilers for season two, but I'm talking to them right now, so I don't really think that they died. Just a hunch. <laughs> we wanted to a couple of times, so we thought we were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely, uh, filming season two, waking up every morning was a was a blessing because we really got to that point where we're like man this is getting bad (laughs) some of these animals uh have been responsible for deaths uh in human beings and that mixed with the worry that maybe we are allergic to these venoms we just don't know until you get bitten or stung it was pretty daunting you wake up every morning going today might be the day yeah and for any listener wondering we're not just running out in the woods and doing this by ourselves we always have Dr. Ben Abo, who is a venom specialist. Uh, he works in emergency departments. He knows what he's doing. There's a lot of research that goes into these. So this isn't anything that anyone listening should go out and try unless you have a whole medical team for yourself. And normally I'd ask if you had any advice for kids who wanted to be like you, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't be like us. You don't want to be like us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that people watching realize how cool these animals are, how an animal that may be the size of a spider or a bug living in a world where everything is a giant compared to it can still survive. They're super cool. And we really hope people realize that, yes, they can hurt you, but there's a reason for it. And they just want to go about their lives. And if you really do want to be like them, go watch season one and then season two when it comes out and you'll be rethinking that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 100%. (laughs) All right. So watch the season two premiere of Kings of Pain on the History Channel. And yeah, thank you for being on the show. No worries. Thank you. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Big thank you to Adam, Rob, and everyone at the History Channel for making this episode possible. Music on today's episode came from Epidemic Sound, and our theme song was written and composed by Jeff, Dan, and Teresa Brooks. Alright, Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. 
Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.